0: Hey everyone, it's Troy Dogg, CEO of verbmoto.com. First off, thanks for listening. Uh, This is a project that I've had in the works for the past three years, and I figured it was finally time to dive into it. So yeah, I figured, why not add one more podcast to the mix? The world needs those. This is how mine's going to be different. I do interviews with riders once or twice a week, and they never really see the light of day. I use the best bits of the interviews for my stories and columns on verb which you can read and if you have thank you very much but the rest of it kind of goes to waste. It just sits on my recorder and I don't want to do that anymore because there's some really good stuff in there. My interviews are different because I do ask the hard-hitting questions but then I also make sure the writer feels comfortable and we just kind of have a conversation. I ask them silly questions sometimes out of nowhere it kind of just keeps them on their toes they don't really know what they're going to get and it seems to work. Um, I've been really getting some good stories from a lot of writers. That's what I'm going to do here. You're going to listen and I'm going to talk. So thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe to the verb Moto podcast network and enjoy the squad pod. Like, look at this. We came around to Indy. You called me Dylan. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Dylan. That's what it was. It was. Yeah.
0: For why? Why was I Dylan? Let's start there.
1: I'm not sure. You just, you look like a Dylan. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I mean, there, I see. I, I do that sometimes mm-hmm. with people. Uh, over the last, uh, I would say several years, I've tried to be better with names. Obviously, like I, I do meet a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, but I tried to, I try to make it personable, like not just, "Hey, I'm Shane. What's your name?" and then leave the conversation. And okay, I don't remember him. And obviously, I like it's easy to remember people's faces, but it's not easy to remember, remember people's names. And there's a lot of times I would say a lot of times there's, there's sometimes where I, I know somebody's name, but I, it's, I have like two choices for their name. And sometimes I, I pick the wrong choice. Um, but I try, I try to remember everybody's name that I meet, um, just to make it more personal. It's like, dude, I am I don't just meet somebody and, forget who they are so um but yeah i called you dylan once and that will never happen again because you're obviously a troy and yeah i mean some sometimes i, I make that mistake i'm i'm just human
0: it was classic man you made the vlog that much funnier because of that and, and what's even funnier is that we had never met before that weekend mm-hmm. our interactions made it even funnier just because like it, it seemed like we had known each other for a long time but it was just like he's just gonna play along with everything so yep. even Marshall that, was confused, you know.
1: That, that's me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's. Uh, do you remember my name?
0: Me, not anymore now. Oh,
1: okay. No, well, it... uh, I'll ask you next time we're in person then. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, make sure I get it on the vlog.
0: Yes, for sure. And yeah, and I, I just learned Foggy's name too, which is Ryder. Yes. So I'm. I'm... Yeah. I
1: need even to be better with that guy. Like we. We just knew him as Clutch for the longest time, and we've just recently found out his name also. Because it's just like you see him, it's like, "Hey, what's up, Clutch?" Yeah. And everybody else knows Fog or knows Ryder as Foggy. It's like, "Dude, are you Foggy Woma?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's it's kind of an ongoing joke. Like, especially uh, my wife, when she hears that, she gives Ryder a hard time. Like, dude, Ryder's famous. Like, everybody's asking, "Are you Foggy Woma?" Yeah, it's pretty funny.
0: He is man. And it's, it's pretty cool. Like you say, you say he's staying with you. Um, how did you meet? Yep. how did you meet?
1: Um, so we met, um, through my father-in-law who runs, uh, the Moda ministry three in one MX. And my father-in-law met Ryder up at Washougal uh, for top gun. I think it was last year. And, um, Jeff, my father-in-law, he was – I think Ryder did a video for him up there or something, and, like, they just kind of stayed in touch. And once you meet Ryder and once you meet Jeff, you understand more of how they just, like – they're kind of like two peas in a pod. Like, dude, Ryder constantly just calls Jeff to talk to him. Like, I mean, I'm his son-in-law. My wife is his daughter. And Ryder talks to Jeff more than we talk to Jeff, like, combined. (laughs) So it's just, it's just, like, a funny thing. Like, Ryder, Ryder is just a talker, and so is Jeff. So um, they, they met up at Top Gun, and earlier this season, like, kind of around the beginning of of the season, um, Jeff was just like, hey, I'm, I've been talking to this kid, he's from Idaho, but I met him up at Top Gun, like, I'm kind of thinking about having him come down and do some media stuff for 3-in-1-MX, and and, um, just like, bring him down to hang out and getting to know him a little bit more, and um, like, 3-in-1-MX is gonna, gonna kind of help him out, and he was like, well, I was just gonna ask if maybe you guys wanted to go in halfway or something on his travel, on his flight, and um, he could do some stuff for you guys, and uh, maybe it could turn into something because we we've been wanting to do some do better at, at our media. and Obviously, with being in, in Supercross and motocross, like we need to do that. Like that's kind of uh, a given. But Joy and I, we're just it's it's hard and it's time consuming. And um, I mean, yeah, we're just we haven't been on top of it. And um, so we brought him down and got to got to know him real quick, like it was super easy and like we were staying with Jeff and Mary in California and he came down and stayed with us and it, it was it was literally kinda like like you said, when you and I first met, it was like it was like we had known him for a long time. And he he loved it. His content was really good and and we enjoyed him and vice versa. And it's like well, um, we need to to do more media stuff and we need to be on top of this more. Would you be interested in doing it like full time? Um, and so we kind of sat down and had a conversation about that and what it would look like. And, um, he was like, dude, yes. He's like, I, I definitely want to do that. Like, I'm like, we, we can't pay you a lot, but like you can come live with us. Like we'll cover your travel to the races. And, um, so it's, it's been a perfect fit and it's been super easy and, um other writers have commented on on how good he's doing and stuff so um honestly it's it's a big a big help and and it's really cool to see like he he really loves filming and shooting and um like just his creativity and i mean i don't know if many people know it but he's colorblind and that's kind of we like give him a hard time like you were playing cards we're playing uno or or board games or whatever and he'll just like ask like hey what color is this and, but it's just it's funny but he's he's like super good with with uh the computer stuff and making things look good video wise and so um yeah it's just it's it's a perfect fit
0: dude that's wild i'm colorblind as well so when people hear really? that oh yeah i get the colorblind test all the time it's horrible okay
1: yeah well, that's that's cool it's, that's uh that's that's funny not funny it's as fantastic I'll, I'll look at you it's like it's funny that you both are colorblind yeah and now i know it so yeah
0: so yeah we okay. could just we could just go to the races and just pretend we know what color everything is yeah like, hey dude look at that, Isn't that cool it's red look at that. orange
1: suzuki yeah it's perfect yeah yeah funny oh okay
0: yeah the more you know
1: Interesting. yeah
0: so that's really cool. It's, it's yeah. It, you guys are crushing it on that and you're, you're growing your, your brand and your channel. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's a perfect fit. Like I've, I've seen the comments from other people. I've noticed how good the work is. It's, it's just a cool deal for you guys. So congrats on that.
1: We we do have one problem. Oh, we're shadow banned on Instagram. Oh, and we're, we're trying to work through that and figure out how to reverse that. Cause it, it's honestly been a couple years and, Um, we really, I I knew it for a while, but obviously now that riders on and paying attention and really like looking at our analytics and stuff and even in the, the HEP team, like once a month they, they have us send in like our, our reach on Instagram and it's like Marshall Marshall Welton's was like, he's got like 30,000 followers. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's he's reaching like three hundred thousand accounts or something, and same with HEP, like they they're reaching over half a million, and here's us blowing up our feed, and we're reaching like ninety thousand accounts. And uh, Dustin, he was like, "Dude, you're a hundred percent shadow banned. <laughs> and because honestly, like, even when we first started working together, uh, Ryder and I, it was like. Dude, I was, I was literally stuck on 124,000 followers for about two years. Like, dude, I, there would be times where I would get a lot of followers, but on our analytics, it would literally show a big spike in followers, and then it would show a big spike also in unfollows. And it was, it was always like they were always similar. It, when there were a little, like a few followers – there were a few unfollows Hmm. and then it was like a big spike of follows, a big spike of unfollows. Dude, it's, it's been frustrating. Like I've, I've reached out to Instagram now and yeah, we're, we're trying to work through that, but um, it's pretty frustrating. That
0: is frustrating. Yeah. That's wild. I I didn't even know that was a thing. You get blocked from accounts. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: now you have a team to, to fight through it. So hopefully that Mm -hmm. gets resolved soon and, yeah, you guys can. I,
1: I will say uh, one other thing is I also had tried to get verified probably ten different times, mm. and I just always kept getting denied. And then I would, as soon as the the period would end, I would apply again, apply again, and uh, I think it was at Seattle. Like Ryder came up to me, he's like, "Dude, we finally did it!" And like Ryder, Ryder got me verified, so um, that that was like a big deal because it's like okay well, now maybe this will help us get unverified because we, we also didn't buy it. So that's a, that's a side note.
0: <laughs> that is good. Yeah.
1: They,
0: yeah. That's a, that's a step in the right direction. Cause yeah. I mean the stuff that writers have to go through, like you're, yeah. you're well known and this is, yeah, that's free Shane. Yep, so that's yeah. That's right. I did remember you, your name.
1: You know what?
0: That's, that's right. I need to, I need to do something with that. <laughs> free Shane. Yeah. Why not? And, uh, yeah. Well, you know, we should probably talk about racing because uh, you – did you get the whole shot? Were you credited with whole shot? I don't think I was. I think I think Adam's name came up first, which is a bit disappointing right. because, I mean, I, I did a
1: good start. Yeah. But... Yeah, I, f- I felt like it was mine, but Adam Adam hung the corner tighter, and uh, I think he was credited with it.
0: Either way, you were out front. So, like, what was that like? It was your first, like, 450 main leading, you know?
1: Yeah. Honestly, it it felt just like it used to when I was in the two fifty class leading. Like just it, it's like things get quiet and you're just focused forward and focused on racing and like literally all year it's like I, I do a start and I've been struggling with my starts really bad. And uh it's like I, I normally get a start and I'm having to pretty much just ride around because dude the it's crazy like people going left and right battling each other. And it's like, dude, I'm just kind of sitting here and I've been struggling with my bike set up. And, um, so it's like mentally I haven't been like, I haven't felt like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to race. And, um, yeah, it was just last week. I just had the team like build me Chisholm's suspension set up and just let me get used to riding it. And, all day on Saturday, like, didn't touch any clickers, just just let me keep riding it, let me get used to it, and made a couple ECU changes uh, for the altitude, and um, just to kind of give me a little bit more bottom end, and uh, make the bike run a little better, and then once once the main event came around, I, I had the ECU figured out, and I did my practice or my site lap start and uh, yeah, then I made a couple little adjustments for the actual main event start and it just felt like a normal start that uh, I, I've i always done really and that's that's what was so cool about it, it was like I just told myself alright, I'm going to just go back to doing a start how I know how to do it off muscle memory and that's what I did and then I I came out first I'm like dude that's that's where I expect myself to be every time and then running up front it was like dude I felt like I'd I'd been there before which I have just not in the 450 class Mm -hmm. and that's where it just it, it felt it felt where I should have been the whole time it just it's taken a while to get there so um honestly it just it felt it felt normal
0: and that's good. I mean, even like after you know, Tomac got around all you guys, and you, that that rhythm section, you actually almost like came tired of tired to his, and you were like catching up to him a little bit. So you were definitely running the pace there those first couple laps.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it just it felt good to like obviously it was it was kind of like um, high intensity in the beginning,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but especially once uh, Chase and Adam were in front of me. Like they they weren't pulling me a lot, and that was when it's like okay, I can I can relax a little bit. Like nobody's really breathing down my neck, and it's like let me let me figure this out a little bit. Like because it it was new, um, being there in the 450 class, and it's like dude, those guys are aggressive. They're there's just like no, um, I don't even know the word like no. Uh, yeah like that they're they're always there and there's Mm. there's literally no breaks so um honestly it was like at first mentally i wanted to like okay who's next as far as coming behind me but there wasn't really um it wasn't like it has been for me as far as kind of getting ran over by everybody so there there was definitely a lot of a lot of changes going into the weekend that resulted in having a a good start, a good ride and, and a confident ride. Um, but it kind of from the outside, it kind of looks like, Oh, Shane finally got a good start and he, and he rode like we all knew he could. Um, but there were definitely some big, uh, big things that were, were leading up to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can't really like be too hard on yourself either because all last year you rode like 18 different bikes. So this year you come into HEP last year, minute kind of and it's you're just trying to find yourself on a on a new another new bike how do you how do you go through this whole i guess year and a half now of uh you've been all all over the map with bikes yeah you can't really be too hard on yourself
1: yeah honestly it's been discouraging because i feel like i've i feel like i haven't been able to race because it's like okay i'm i'm just trying to find my way to then be able to race and that was honestly leaving nashville i just kind of threw my hands up and i was talking to chiz after the race i'm like dude are you feeling this this and this and this and he's like no not really and i'm like because dude i'm i'm like nashville i kind of threw everything uh likewise at that track and i it just seems to seem to keep getting worse. And like the, the things I was feeling, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm just having a hard time. And Kenny and Chisholm have been pretty happy with their bike and, um, making some good progress. And I've just kind of, kind of been, I'm, I wasn't like super far off of them, but I was, I was not making the strides that I needed to be. And I just kind of threw my hands up and I'm like, you know what? Chisholm, I rode Kenny setup one day and I wrote Chisholm the next day and decided on Chisholm setup and I was just like, you know what, I've just gotta I've just gotta learn to ride it. And and it's honestly it's been good. Like it's it was kind of like with riding so many different bikes, it's like I I have a feeling that I'm I'm kinda looking for and I I haven't been able to find that. And kind of one of the problems that have made it that way was trying to set it up for the racetrack. And it's like I've, I've ridden both of their bikes before at the practice track where we ride, and it's it they just haven't been very good. But at the same time, mine didn't feel very good there either, but that's what I've been trying to set mine up like. And so that was kind of what Chiz, after uh, Nashville, he was like, dude, I know... I know you didn't really like it but it's like my bike is set up for the main event like it you need to kind of keep that in mind when you're when you're riding and trying these things and i'm like yeah i literally haven't done that and it really any bike that i've ever set up has been for at the practice track and so that that was really kind of like a a light bulb moment for me was like I don't care what my bike feels like this week at the practice track put me on Chisholm stuff and let me get used to that so that when it comes race time, I know, I know how it's going to be. And sure enough, like went out for practice on Saturday and the track was already kind of getting a little beat up and dude, I, I could ride the track. I wasn't worried about just going the jumps and getting around it. And I'm like, okay, we're on to something here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been tough riding so many different bikes because I feel like I've, I've barely had time getting to know all these different team personnel, much less figuring out how to go as fast as I can on a bike that is still kind of foreign to me.
0: Right, right, yeah. And then, obviously, you're moving over to World Supercross here in a couple mm-hmm. months, but um, I mean, that... There's some familiarity. I know you only did a couple races last year with World Supercross, but um, is that kind of familiarity or are you kind of like starting back at square one since you're moving on to Rick Ware?
1: Um, no, there's definitely some familiarity there because um, I'll be back on the Yamaha and I'll be back on the 250, which at this point it's, it's really to run the number one plate and, and to, so hopefully win the championship again. Like that's that's the goal. And honestly, it's uh it is exciting, but it's like at the same time with where I'm at here and like I, I've learned so much about four fifties and the four fifty setup and which is a big reason of why I came to the team mm-hmm. is to to be kind of like in the shadow of of Canon Chisholm. is like these guys have experience and they know what they're doing. And I need help, and so that was that was a big factor of of why I came here. And um, the team has been awesome. Like they've they they love being at the races. They love uh, figuring things out. They love working hard. And so um, it's been it's been a really fun time. And it's been um, a, well for me results wise, they haven't been there. Um, but that's that's kind of on me. Um, but the team has been patient. They, they've been really good with everything. And, um, but with, as far as the bike is concerned, like going to world supercross, like I am excited and it's my experience and my, my knowledge is going to be even better now, um, setting that bike up. And now that we have a little bit more time and, um, just time to prepare, uh, it really long-term career wise, like this year, is gonna really help me for the rest of my career. I,
0: I so I I knew you were gonna do World Supercross, but well look what he's doing he's you know, he's doing good for HEP, like he could be an outdoor guy. Like you're probably I know you have to do you do what you have to do for your career, but you're I feel like you're an outdoor guy too, so you kinda gonna miss that this year?
1: Um yeah, a little bit. Um and that's that's what a lot of people have asked me. Is like so. Are you are you a supercross only guy now? And I'm like, well, uh, this year I am, right? Um, just because that's that's what my contract is. Um, but like, I I do enjoy outdoors, and like last year I really enjoyed it, but it was kind of a similar situation. Like jumped on the the Husqvarna not long before the first round, and got to do eight rounds on it, and then jumped on the, um, the club of Mexico Yamaha for three or four days before I went and raced it so it's honestly like I did enjoy it um, but I don't think I put my best foot forward just kind of given the circumstances and and that's really like I would say 2020 was my, my best year um, obviously with getting third in the championship that was that was a big deal and consistency wise and um but i mean having won outdoors before it's like dude i i I like riding outdoors i mean i think it's a lot of fun i've just i've always done a little bit better in supercross but um i like both equally and i mean in the future if i have a contract that's for supercross and and motocross and it's like dude that's that's perfectly fine. Like, I mean, this is, this is a job and, um, you kind of go where, where you need to go.
0: Yeah. yeah, it is. It's scary like that too. Cause you know, like all the guys are, we're all, obviously it's an older man's sport. Now mm-hmm. the vets are staying in longer. I'm you're a veteran at this point. I can't be, I look back in your career. I'm like, dude, you were at Loretta's in 2012 battling with Webb. And, and that's when you like, yeah. that's when that was your breakout week. And it feels mm-hmm. just like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So.
1: I mean, that's that's what's crazy to think about is like, I mean, my my rookie year was in Supercross was 2014, and um, like I I feel like it wasn't that long ago, but I mean, that's that's been nine years ago now, and it's funny because I joke I joke with Ken, um, like my rookie year was his rookie year in 450 and he's only three months older than me so it's like it's it's just crazy to think about like Ken is has been doing this now for a really long time but we're the same age and the stuff that I'm still learning and just kind of where, where different people are at in their career and I mean even with Eli it's like Eli just kind of keeps making the decision to keep going and um, and it's cool from the outside because you can tell he's having fun and with the the start racing team like they're they're being patient with him also at, at letting him kind of make decisions on the fly on whether he wants to keep going and um, i just, i think it's it is cool to see the older guys and the veterans having more fun now mm-hmm. um, because it, it used to be like even even guys that I watched growing up, it's like they they literally retired because they they got to where they hated it, and I don't want to get to that point. And I know everybody else doesn't want to get to that point. And and there's definitely a lot of money involved for some guys, um, but it, it's like you're seeing this when when guys get to do what they want and. They they start enjoying it more, and then they start doing even better, and so then they're like, "Well, I mean, dude, I can just keep going." Like I, I, I mean, it's just like Dungy. Um, he he always said, "Like as long as my heart's in it, like I want to keep doing it." And same with Eli, and and so just to see that progression, obviously for for somebody like me, it's it makes it a little bit harder because I mean I'm I'm not to that level yet, and. Um, I'm not in a position where it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing good. And I have a a really good ride. Um, and the teams just like are chasing after me. Um, so it's like, for me, I, I'm focused on building my 450 career up, but I'm like age wise, I'm 28 and I feel like, I feel like I'm just getting started. But in years past, there's people that have, retired before they even got to my age and so for me it's like I can't even fathom that it's like dude I'm I feel like I'm I'm still on the way up so
0: yeah and I mean you've you've obviously won and you've been in championship contention 250 class like what what goals do you have have you set for yourself for the remainder of your career like what do you still what do you still out there chase
1: um I believe that I can I can be on the podium, and I believe that I can win a 450 race. And I don't. Well, so as far as the timeline, like I think within two years I can win a 450 race. Um, I like some short term goals. Like I I really want to win a heat race. Um, my starts haven't been super good, and I feel like I kind of should have. Won a, a heat race before this point, but, um, I mean, dude, it's not easy and there's a lot of really good guys out there. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's just keep kind of, uh, building that experience and the confidence and, um, and another year or two, it's like, dude, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be, uh, a consistent competitor and, I mean, even the guys that are, that are kind of beating me right now, it's like most of the guys I've raced in two fifties and it's like, I've been competitive and even beaten a lot of them. And, um, so from, I don't really, I don't really like to compare, but at the same time, it's, it's almost like a, a baseline that we, we have to kind of keep in mind a little bit. Um, but it's like where, where we could be and where we uh, need to work to be. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that those goals are are perfectly attainable. Um, I just got to stay at it.
0: Yeah, I agree. If you were to go back and tell yourself like 2011, 2010, before you made that breakout, that you would still be in it at 28, would you have believed yourself? Obviously, you have that, that mindset and dreams as a kid, but you look at your career, what you've accomplished. Did you believe that at that age?
1: Um, no. Uh, and that's that's where, uh, like, when people kind of ask me, like, I tell them that it was a total God thing. Because, um, honestly, when I was younger, my, my dream was to be on TV racing dirt bikes. And once that happened, it's like, okay, well, I mean, that was that was almost nothing. Uh, in comparison to kind of where I am now and it's, um, like at Loretta's that year, uh, when I did kind of have the breakout, it was like, it was a, it was a dead end road. Like my parents couldn't really support me anymore. Um, like we just couldn't afford it. And my brother was wanting to race, um, and take it more serious. And, and he was doing really good and it just, it was literally coming to a dead end and, it was like, okay, well, we're just, we're just going to keep going and, um, got picked up by the TLD team. And, um, from then on, it was like, all right, God, I mean, we're, we don't really know where we're going. And, and even now it's like every year, joy and I seem to be praying like, all right, God, we, if, if you still have a purpose for us in this industry, then, um, find a spot for us. And, and he just keeps, keeps doing that. So, Um, I mean, now with where we're at, it's like, we're just trusting in the Lord and we're just moving forward because we don't know what else to do. And there's not much else we would want to do. So, um, yeah.
0: You're right. You know, life does have a mysterious way of working out if you just believe Uh, in the, in everything. And you're right. You're here for a reason and everything that has happened has happened for a reason and, it's uh it's pretty cool yes sir especially this past weekend it was a great showing and i've been wanting to catch up with you anyway since
1: Mm -hmm.
0: we we met up at indy but um yeah this was cool man and uh one of my biggest regrets in life is that i didn't grab a number 12 jersey and i chose welton's yeah yeah oh that's
1: that's uh that hurts a little bit yeah
0: but you know what i i know a guy that
1: can change that so i don't hold grudges
0: okay good 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 because yeah yeah, I mean I I mean Marshall stunk and everything. And it had like
1: Yeah.
0: armpit stains in it. I don't know. Yeah. Just,
1: yeah. No, it's all good. So we can we can we can handle that.
0: I need I will need to make that happen. So yep. I'll need him Shane.
1: Fred dog, sure.
0: Yeah personalize right. it whatever you got to do i don't think i'm getting any more supercrosses this year i think that's it so well,
1: i mean there's only one so um well if you don't have any flights to to salt lake then probably not well you
0: kind of forgot about world supercross like i could go to that oh, world too supercross, yeah i'm not so oh
1: uh, yeah
0: the, the budget bro
1: yeah but you can drive to chicago and <laughs> um probably north carolina for it, the super super motocross
0: oh man Chicago would be cool.
1: Yeah, I don't like Chicago. I
0: don't either. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, you're an OG verb guy, so, like, I don't know. We need to give more love to Shane. So thanks for
1: doing this for us. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir.